0: Hello and welcome to the Dance of the Soul and I'm Natasha Venter and Regan is with me. We're doing this partnership in this wonderful show of talking about perspectives and remembering that your truth is your truth, but we're here. So I'm Natasha Venter. I'm an intuitive, uh, multi-life intuitive. I'm a spiritual counselor. I love to do energy seeing with my mediumship and I also, you know, like to bring, you know, a, a wonderful consciousness to the life we're in. So with that, that I'm, I'm here to help you, and and with that, and, you know, remembering that this in this show, both Regan and I wish for you to have have your own truth. We're not here to have an idea of what you should be thinking, but we like to support you in your process of negotiating life and so Regan Forston is a very wonderful man who has gone through a lot in his life and who's negotiated many things and now he's a clinical hypnotherapist and he has other techniques that he helps you know bring awarenesses to in his therapy practice and and that kind of thing so Regan thank you you were in your van no. traveling again and I am. And that's the thing is that we're kind of like the traveling show. It doesn't matter where we're at. At the end of this month, I'll be in another home myself um, down at my girlfriend's house down in California. We'll get to see you this time, though. But, nice to um, see you,
1: too, Natasha.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah I'm we'll, in
1: uh, Pismo Beach right now. I can feel the ocean breeze right here. I'm driving from San Francisco down to L.A. Um, I, I, you know, I used to be, I was an actor for 12 years of Screen Actors Guild, and so I have a Every once in a while, I get a call to audition for a TV show or something. So I auditioned for um, Let's Make a Deal. And then they called me and said, yep, you're crazy enough to be on there. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's an interesting show because you got to be kind of make a you have to kind of be willing to look silly, you know. And since I was an actor for years, I figure, okay, I don't think that'll hurt my my current reputation as a therapist too much to be on there. I'll be in a. I'll be, actually, people won't recognize me probably, but I guess they'll probably tell what I do Yeah, uh, because I'll be a uh, bu- uh, bumper of the clown. So I've, I've got a, a special plate for my teeth. So it looks like I've just got two buck teeth in the front, you know, and got whatever. So I got my old clown costume out that I used when I was uh, doing that 30, 40 years ago.
0: <laughs> so it should be
1: fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but anyway, um, you know, like Natasha and I, we both, and the reason we do this, we're both guess you'd put us in the light worker category and we try to help people get more information from what lies beyond this physical world that we're in now we so many people believe in that you know and and when they're watching the show um we both are able to access and get you information um from the other side but we have two modalities here because natasha she's been connected since she was born about you know just has this connection with the other side so she's able to do readings um you know, a uh, long distance, you know, on Zoom or phone call or whatever, she can feel your energy and she can uh, help you get, um, a- you know, answers from the other side, from the guides. And maybe if you want to have conversations with people that passed on, we'll be talking about grief today. So this is uh, one thing she's able to do is to, you know, uh, have you have a conversation with these people from the beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it a little differently because like me and most people we don't have the abilities that uh, Natasha has but when you find yourself in a deep state of trance which most people can reach and that's what I do then you become kind of like a medium where you're able to see things just like Natasha sees so you know um, it's just two different ways of getting to the same place and getting information Uh, so I work with the Newton Institute but today our topic again I think, you know, if we do this half a dozen times a year, even with grief, it's one of the things people need some, they need some help with. Um, And I've even expanded so much, Natasha, from when we talked about the last time about, you know, grief covers so many things. It's not just, it's not just when you have someone close to you that passes away. It could be a pet that you have that you're grieving. You know, it could be a job loss that you have that you're grieving. Um, It could be a friendship where, you know, maybe someone that was really close to you all of a sudden says, bye, I don't want you as my friend anymore. And, I mean, any of these things where you're dealing with loss, right? You know, mm-hmm. we would call it grief, you know, comes comes with that. So could be, you know, like I say, the loss of a job, friend. Exactly. You know, and I know a lot dies. of
0: us are are struggling with our diets, our, our food intake, <clears throat> you know. And a lot of us are finding, you know, out that we can't digest food that we used to digest, or that kind of yeah. thing, and that triggers a lot of grief. That can yeah. actually trigger a grief that is equal to, like, losing a parent or losing a, a, a an animal or a fr- you know, a fur a, a fur family, you know, um, or if you love snakes and spiders and that kind of stuff, they're not fur families necessarily, but they're. They're, you know, they're not of the human species. So with yep. that, that, you know, when we're going through things, remembering that grief, it, it's not a straight line either. Um, and I, what I'm witnessing is a lot of people I'm talking about people who are in grief, but yet they're in the depression of grief.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's one thing that, that I see grief as like a, a wheel. If you have a, like an old wagon wheel, right. And you have the spokes coming out and you have all these different facets. You can be um, extremely laughing in grief. You can be extremely crying in grief. And and then there's even a spoke that says grief or, or uh-huh. depression, right? There's there's a depression. But then there's also you can get, you know, if you have the wheel going around, you can also get into a depression of grief. And it's and it's outside the wheel. It's outside the norm. It's it's thick and it's heavy. And, and it's very stagnant and people have a hard time going when they're in that depression of grief, that they have a hard time getting moving, even though you maybe have depression during grief, but there's depression of grief. And I, and I, I'm not necessarily saying this in the best way I know, but at the same time though, you know, we have to honor that, that depression is part of the process when you're grieving. And honor yourself for it. Anger. Oh my gosh. People, I, a big people part of come it. up to me and say, I didn't realize how angry I could be in grief. Yeah. And and I'm like going, yes, yes, yes. And and I tell tell people all that time, you gotta get in a practice of releasing that anger. Because of the fact that if we don't, it just builds up and it builds up. And then we scream and yell at people that we don't realize that we're screaming and yelling at them. And and so there's many facets of grief that, and it's so emotionally based. Grief is a very emotional based scenario in your life. Mm-hmm. And so if you can honor yourself, you know, being stagnant, no energy, um, lethargic, um, you know, because there's a difference between no energy and lethargic. Um, you know, there and or you you go into extremes of wanting to be out and and not being able to settle. You get antsy because you don't want to concentrate on what you're concentrating on. So you can have that extra energy that I got to do, I got to do. I can't concentrate. I can't, you know. And and it's there's a lot of different things that that happen during the grief. We get we get so out of our own knowings. You yeah. know it's not a norm. it's a it's a beginning of a new normal. It's a new normal and, well, let's even start out too.
1: Um, people say, you know well, how long does grief last? And it's different for everybody. you yeah. know, once you've gone through grief once, you get an idea of what it is for you um, because um, you know I have some people that have had um, one of my friends who I'm gonna see when I go back uh, down to Los Angeles her mom died um, oh my gosh. 15, 18 years ago, maybe mm-hmm. 20 years ago, and she still feels this heavy grief all the time. And she's going, why do I still feel it? It's been 18 years. I know my mom's okay, but I still have this grief. Some people, um, their grief is relatively short. I mean, I know some people, um, you know, two, three months, they're done with the, you know, they feel they're back to normal. And some, then some people try to make them f- other part. I know this one family, I'm thinking of other people in the family tried to make my client feel bad because she got over her grief in three months and they weren't over their grief. So they thought, well, didn't you love our mom as much as we loved her? Or, you know, no, you know, it's, it, you can't, you can't go by, you know, the amount of time that rates how much you loved somebody, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's just different, just different. It is for- different.
0: And, and maybe that person who got through the grief quickly perceived quickly you know, maybe when their animal passed away two years later, that they're just overrun with grief because they haven't yeah. processed all the grief. because I can tell you as a yeah. witness and living through it myself many different times, that really, grief is just a it's a journey. It's like you, the more it, it's like you you start off in the world, you know in you're single in you're in a car by yourself, right? And then somebody dies and then they get in the car with you. And then as you keep going down the road, you know, and a dog dies and then they get in the car with you and you feel Mm -hmm. their emotions. And then, you know, so it's like and then, you know, as you lose people and and things like that, that your car gets fuller and fuller of this energy of holy crumb, I'm losing people and the loss and then it's almost like one adds on to the other you know it's like my dad died yeah, and then, then then i had an um, and then i had uh, an animal <laughs> die and so i grieved my my animal and then my dad and then my mom passed away and then i grieved my mom my animal and my dad and then another animal passed away and then i grieved the animal my dad my mom my that animal and then then my dad you know so it adds yeah. on and on and so Don't worry about if you're carrying, you know, a lot of people in your travels, in your car, metaphorically, right? That because it is what it is. And that's the thing is, is that especially if you lose a child, that is something that I don't think that one ever relieves themselves of, but I get to what I understand, it gets to a walkable moment. It gets to an under, it's not necessarily that you understand, but you just know that there's that you're able to to negotiate the world in front of you somehow yeah and that's what i call a walkable grief you know well yeah
1: and too when you when people say they're through their grief uh most of us that have lost people that we love um i guess maybe it's grief can sometimes maybe change to just like a deep sadness or sadness sometimes you know so like i when i think about my mom my dad my brother that have passed on there's always a little breeze of sadness that comes in still because you still a twinge. Miss
0: them. <laughs> yeah
1: so you uh, you never really get uh you never really get over that you know I mean it's because we miss people you know just like if you had a good friend and they had to move to Hawaii and you you don't you know you're afraid of flying so you're never going to go over and be able to see him um now we have FaceTime at least you know people can do that kind of thing but you know when someone moves away you still have the sadness or you still have this kind of, uh, loss, you know? Um, but the good news is what Natasha and I both know from our work and from our own life experience that, you know, there is really an afterlife for sure. I mean, that's something we know for sure. So, um, you know, cause some people think, well, you know, what if there's what if there isn't an afterlife and they're just gone and that's it, they're just gone to dust. Well, they're not, you know, we know that when you pass away, there's a, There's even a certain, um, uh, there's a certain routine that everybody goes through with meeting their guide. um, And then, uh, you know, their guide takes you kind of from there, kind of takes you back home again. You know, Mm -hmm. someone always escorts you because when people leave their human body, sometimes it takes them a little bit to reorient themselves. You know, like some people uh, on my website, there's uh, there's a young lady going through the life between life process where she goes to a past life sees herself pass away. And then when she's out of her body, her boyfriend strangled her in a past life. Well, she's like saying, oh, I should have fought back or something, blah, 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 like this or something. Then a guide in a sense kind of taps her on the shoulder and says, "Um, you're not dead. (laughs) And she's kind of like, oh, I guess I'm not, you know, kind of thing, you know. So, um, but death is is weird and everybody takes uh, different things. And Natasha, that point you brought up about, the, the grief piling on, you know, uh, it can get uh, quite a bit. Especially like me now, as you get older, more and more and more people that I know, or you know, that have died, mm-hmm. it's made me a lot more aware of the my limited time that I have left. You know, if it's ten or fifteen or twenty years, to me, that's pretty limited. <laughs>
0: <I> no, <know. laughs> you know? but yet, knowing you, I couldn't imagine that. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah. But I know the thing is that both of us know that when we pass away uh, and we're out of our body and looking down at the body and it's going to be like fine because we'll immediately kind of, you know, get into the bigger picture of things and know that we're, you know, it's just a a play that just ended, you Mm -hmm. know, and now it's time to go backstage and move on to another play.
0: Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, Hello Veronica, how are you? So Veronica, hey, Veronica says, I'm still grieving my sister's passing. It's been almost six years. Six I don't want to wow. keep keep grieving. I know she's happy and pain free. So why can't I just be happy for her? Because you know, that's the thing that you know, my dad. This is my this is my 30 year anniversary of my dad passing, you 30 know. 30 years, wow. 30 years and And so with that, that my kids turning 30, that's why I know it's 30 years because I had kids at the same time my parents passed that, you know, you know, it, it is something that we do go through and we do miss because of fact that that we have this when something is out of time, you know, when when things are out of alignment in time. That, you know, like you, Veronica, losing your sister, it was before she should have went. And so there's a consciousness in us that says, but this wasn't supposed to happen. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and if we have that moment that gets triggered in us, this isn't supposed to happen then those moments and it doesn't matter what it is it could be somebody saying something to you that this isn't what's supposed to happen or you know a moment of of life when you know you lose a job and they tell you you did something wrong and you know damn well you didn't do that this wasn't supposed to happen that those are those memories that 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 trigger us and they're almost like a um uh you know aging myself here it's kind of like a record you know going record and so I'm like a scratch in a record you know it's a scratch in time it's a scratch in knowing and so with that that your sisters triggered that part of you and that's why sometimes it's hard to move on in a fullity of of doing it. and I can tell you 30 years later I miss my dad like it was yesterday some days you know. it, that's part of the human experience of feeling emotions. And that's what we need to honor. And I can tell you, you probably miss her more when you needed her her partnership with with, with what you're going through. And so, um, you know, many times when we go through stressful moments, like my dad wasn't an, another voice of reason for me. Right. And so when I'm going through stressful moments, sometimes I go, Dad, why, uh, you know, <coughs> I wish that I could hear you physically. You know, I can hear yeah. him spiritually, but I need to hear you physically. And and like my husband's been talking a little bit about moving, and this is a house that I know my dad helped us get. So when we move out of here, it's going to be greater than just moving out of a house that my kids lived in, or grew up in. Yeah, it it's got more of an etch in it that to me, and so I'm. I'm already starting that grieving process knowing that this might be another five years process. You know what I mean? So don't, don't feel awkward about or punishing yourself about feeling something. That's part of the human experiences that we're supposed to feel something. And if usually we feel more when we're going through something and Veronica, I know that, you know, things are happening. You know, I know Veronica and I know things are happening Outside of her world that she's starting to go through the grief process again. And so that's gonna again trigger that other part of you in you. And and you know, there's sometimes a part of us that knows something's gonna happen, and then we get we wonder why we're so emotional. Because there's a part of us that knows that, hey. Um, I know that, you know, somebody's going to be leaving me soon and I don't know who it is, but I just have that feeling that somebody's going to be moving. And so with that, 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 you know, trust that process and it's okay if you're achy sometimes and you want to cry about her and it's good. That's a way of honoring the person. Right. So um, Veronica says, I feel it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I know that you're, you're very sensitive about things. And so Please know that when when we are sensitive about things and when we're not sensitive about things, because I don't want to put a, anybody in a box, that grief is its own journey. One person can't say that you shouldn't be feeling this at this time, because it you know somebody can be go through extreme happiness at the same time as somebody's going through extreme loneliness, and their siblings and the and the the passing happened at the same time for that person everybody's going to go through it differently. And so how can you negotiate that, but feel what you're feeling at the time and honoring yourself for it?
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes um, part of the grief is, uh, you know, when I do the, uh, the tapping with people, you know, to help them when they're going through grief, which helps um, uh, it, it. Let's say if they close their eyes and they think about their grief and it goes to a six, you know, above a five, you know, Hey, why not? lower it, you know, get it down to a two or three or zero, you know, it doesn't bother you. But sometimes what pops up is part of the, the, um, especially if it's gone a long time, um, it's not just the losing the person. It's sometimes the guilt that people have sometimes like Mm -hmm. things like, Oh, I should have, I should have talked to that person more. You know, I should have been in contact more with them and I didn't, I was so busy with my life and I know I should, because you're not thinking, well, especially in, in her in Veronica's case there, you know, you're not thinking your sister's gonna die. You're thinking maybe your parents or somebody older that or some of the six gonna die. But we never think of, of our siblings sometimes dying, at least before us anyway. But um, sometimes you're thinking, Oh, you know, now I can't do this with her. Oh, you know, what if I what if I'd only done this or been more I wish I would have appreciated her more or whatever. but there's there's these little things that hang on to that are part of that energy that's still stuck you know yeah and that's that's that
0: wheel I I call that the 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 wheel of grief right yeah and and sometimes when we get into a wheel and we get stuck in let's say um uh, shame or we get stuck in in um in um sadness or we get stuck in uh why didn't I you know or or this should have went this way and, you know, it's kind of like the spoke of the wheel. And then there's one spoke, you know, like if the wheel is going through and one spoke kind of sticks out, right? And then the wheel can't move. The emotions can't move because that 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 thing is stuck. And I this is kind of like the metaphor that I use here. And so when we get stuck, we get stuck in that um, of jealousy or we can get stuck in of uh, survival's guilt or we get stuck in, you know, whatever this label is that you get stuck in. And sometimes you can get stuck in depression, right? So when we can kind of give that that understanding a voice, you know, why didn't I listen? Well, I didn't listen because that's not who I was supposed to be at that time, right? Or that kind of thing. And so you give it a voice, then that spoke, that spoke gets kind of lifted up a little bit and then the emotions can keep moving through. And so Veronica, if you're really pained by this, really pained by it, then look and see what is attached to it because there's so many things in grief that gets attached when we're talking about emotions and it's almost like, okay, here's a bag, here's a paper bag. What are we going to throw in today that we're feeling about why we should be feeling, we shouldn't be feeling so guilty about or grieving so much right now, you know, and figure out what, what is in that bag. So you can go, Oh, Oh, I didn't think that I had survival skill. Hmm. Why do I have survival skills? You know, she had a better life or didn't have a better life perceived. Right. And so sometimes we have survival skills, Um, because, you know, they had a better life. Why did I, why did that? I'm here and they had, they left. Right. Yeah. So think about what's kind of coming up for when you keep going into the, the deepers. Now I can tell you, there are times where I still, after my dad of 30 years, still sit down and cry. Yeah.
1: You and know? that's okay. I
0: and mean, it's that's okay. okay still. It's a moment. Right. Yeah. So,
1: but if it's, if the grief is, um, pulling you down, you know, I mean, it's okay to cry about it once more, on, but if it's, if it's too much, you know, mm-hmm. and you, we all know when it's too much. You know, sometimes a good sometimes it feels good to cry because then you makes you feel alive, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow, I must really be a good person because my heart still misses my dad or misses you know, who died. Um but um uh Victoria, right? That's who's talking to us?
0: Uh Veronica.
1: Oh Veronica, I'm sorry. Okay. I know. You're sorry, you're Veronica.
0: you're you're thinking about I do the same thing when I'm thinking. So
1: with the V's, Veronica.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Veronica, maybe you know this already, but go check out Havening Havening Touch, H-A-V-E-N-I-N-G Touch official site. If you go to the official site, there's some great videos on there. But it's so simple, like if, if it's too much sometimes, if you just like you're hugging yourself and you just go down to your elbows and you just talk about it. You know, I said, oh, I miss my sister so much. I no, why can't she still be here? You know, God dang it, why, why did she have to go? You know, so I'm so pissed off. You know, she should have been here with me where she could spend time with me and we could do things. And then the other part of the havening is you're just you're just talking out loud or to yourself if there's people around. But this is good to do just when you're by yourself and you go back and forth like this as you're talking about it. And then the last thing is you're just kind of swiping the hands and just saying, oh, you know, I just feel so bad. Ah, oh, I hate this. I hate this. Every, every few months, I just feel this loss. I feel this, you know, and just talk about whatever it is that's bothering you, you know, um, about that. And just do that just for a few minutes you will be totally surprised like me just doing that right now i feel like oh yeah okay it changes your energy and um it's one of the the new uh havenings kind of um really joined the field of energy psychology now it's real easy to learn and it works every time like now i can physically feel my body you know energized now and instead of down you know that way so that'll kind of help
0: and you know that's the whole thing it's not necessarily about saying that you shouldn't feel it but it's working your way through it and the body has a way of processing if we give it a chance and remember she's only been gone six years
1: yeah
0: and she was an element for you and so there's no i should be's in guilt or in grief there's no should be's in grief there, there's no timeline. Now I would suggest, like I had a session with someone who, that she lost her, her, I wouldn't call it, um, uh, husband of, of love. And, and, you know, the, the, the depression, she was in the depression of grief and it was hard for her to get up and out of it. And that's, that's the only time I would say that there could be some hope for movement is when, when somebody is so depressed that they can't get out of bed, that they they rely on people. And, and you know, but they, it's almost like people get into a moment where, um, where there's a benefit to it. You know, like if I'm grieving for someone or I'm sick or there's something like that and you start learning that people are doing things for you, it's a natural occurrence that us humans kind of say, oh i don't have to do the work to get there you know it's like my kid didn't talk until after two years of age and and when about ye about 12 13 months i stopped saying words for her you know because she had to learn how to speak and but yet at the same time i understood that she wasn't speaking right away because she just didn't feel the energy was so overwhelming and so i gave her that chance but at the same time, she had to do some communication towards wanting to do better, because of the fact that if we always do something for everyone, then they have a they have a harder time standing up. And when you're in grief, there's a muscle that we gotta strengthen, and it's a it's the vulnerability strength. It's that it's that vulnerability muscle. It's that I don't know what to be at this moment. I don't know what to do at this moment. I don't know. Who to be? I know for me, after my mom passed away, that um, that I sat on the on the front porch and I just basically said, I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to be a mom. I don't know how to be me. And I got an image that I had to start liking my toe, my little toe, you know, because that was something I can go to. Hi, little toe. It wasn't the bigger picture. It was <laughs> thank you for being here. You know, I had to start loving something. And doing that process and then working my way up the body gave me a chance to process that deep down, holy cripping, crappin' dole You know, what did I just go through? You know, it was like I was I was um, thrown out of a car going 90 miles an hour, and I just kind of got banged up and didn't know what to be or do. And and that's the emotional basis that we get so banged up and bonged up that we don't know how to be and do, and we just have to persevere through it. You know, some of us have to go back to work right away. Right. Some people have to do things and, and we have to put things on the back burner. But at the same time, like I had a client who lost a husband, got a dog right away and then ended up the dog passed away. And so she was grieving her dog and her husband of 12 years earlier. Right. So how do we, and she was I should, should, should. And I'm like, no, you're grieving your husband again. Honor yourself where you're at. But remember to get up and move in spite of your emotions. Get up and get eat something in spite of your emotions. Do something in spite of where you're at. But be kind to yourself. You know, be kind to yourself while you're going through it.
1: Yeah. Well, and the good news is, too, as we both know, Natasha, is uh, pets are in the afterlife also. So um, and what I love in my sessions, and i had another good one this week where uh, she had a, a cat that was like her best friend when she was always like 20 years ago. And um, the cat had passed away and she felt bad because she actually, you know, physically would spank the cat a few times for bad behavior and that. And now she's grown and everything and, and wouldn't. Do that now, but she, when the pat passed, uh, cat passed away, she still always had this guilt. I, I should have never spanked her, whatever, you know, never, mm-hmm. whatever. So, on the other side, when we're with the guide and this life between life process, the, the guide's there, and we said, um, uh, Is, uh, I forget the name of her cat, is so and so here? And the guide said, Yes. And immediately, there was her cat. Oh my gosh, she's cried. She's in deep trance. She's crying. She's crying, and I tell her, I says, "Now have that conversation. Apologize, you know, for your bad behavior and that, and see how everything is." And um, the uh, the cat was like, was "No big deal, you know. Don't be. You shouldn't be, you know." Crying. It's a thing. But what's interesting is because the soul over there, you're able to communicate just like you communicate with people,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that way. They're just uh, that way. Um, another thing too, which was interesting, with a couple of my clients recently. And I'm just realizing how
0: special horses are,
1: you know. How,
0: yeah, the horses they're are like they're, a, they're they're in the um they're in special. the um, understanding of elegance or um mag, mag-, mag-, mag- magic majesticness as elephants. Oh, so uh, yeah, I, I, put them, I put That's them. I put right. them in this. I I put them. You know how majestic an elephant is. Yes but you look at a horse and you look at an elephant and they both hold the they, same energy. They
1: do Yeah. It's that peaceful, calm, you know, that, that elder,
0: way. elder yeah. knowing
1: it's something. Yeah. Um, there's a good, I, I think the, I think it's called, it's a, um, it's a movie. Called, I think it's called Mustang maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a true story about in Nevada, there's a prison there and, uh, in Nevada, they have a roundup every year of the wild horses and they take so many of them out. They thin the herd kind of, and they, they, um, what they've been doing at this one prison there is they, they bring them there and the prisoners get to choose one to take care of. And Mm -hmm. it's how this, this hardcore, this hardcore, um, prisoner that is transformed over this period of time by having to care for this horse, you know, this, this, relationship that they do. I saw it at a documentary film festival about a year ago, and then it came out in the regular theaters recently, but I think it's called Mustang maybe.
0: Hmm. And
1: it's a, it's just really neat to watch. And it's so true when I was in Mexico and they had, a, had a client in a rehab down there, uh, alcohol and drug. It was a nurse who, um, you know, it was, I don't know if it was over grief or loss or something, but she started sneaking, um, uh drugs you know signing out drugs you know and stuff and then pretty soon she finally got caught and uh so they they she lost her job she went into rehab but at this place they had um horses every day and the people could go out and be with the horses and they were just saying how that was really helpful and when people were in rehab you
0: know that's that's what animals are there are um they are in con- they they're not, I don't want to say in contract but they are here as our supporters they are here for our grace they are here to to negotiate help us negotiate something about us and you know what can we do but to to trust that that part of the animal? You know, it's like there was no mistake that one of my clients whose dog just passed away that came right after the kind of dog that she wanted and needed came right after her husband passed. There was no mistake about that. Or there was no mistake that I had a um, a tortie cat that came to me that was seven years of my husband's last years of drinking and then the seven years of him becoming sober you know there's no mistake that she was in that that 14 years a very hard time working up to it and then a harder time of of releasing and shift and letting life shift and then at that end of that seven years she said um natasha i can't support you anymore you need to learn to stand on your own two feet and then i got another cat who was like Mm you know what? I can't be what you want me to be. So you're going to really have to learn on, to stand on your own two feet. Wow. You know what I mean? So with that, the animals are here to support us in what they're doing. It's that, it's that interacting with them. And so not everybody can have an animal. Not everybody is attached to an animal, but when you get An animal like a deer. Like, I did a video on deer the other, you know, uh, about two weeks ago, about how a deer was laying in my yard and she was looking at through the window at me. She knew I was there looking at her. She was like staring at me. And it was just so magical how even a deer was telling me, stop, breathe. It's okay to be, you know,
1: it's okay Mm. to
0: sit and be majestic yourself, you know, and And do that because there's a majesticness that deer have too, but there's something about a horse. There's something about a horse there. There's so much of
1: service. It's interesting. It's like, I'm glad you put that like, um, because we think animals an animal, well, different animals now, as I'm learning more and more have, it's like they, they live on different vibration levels or something. Mm -hmm. And like a cat is the vibration of that. And, Having a cat on your lap is a different feeling than having a dog on your lap or exactly because a
0: cat purr can actually change your vibration of your body. Wow. They're yeah. at a tone. A cat's purr is at a tone that it can actually shift your heart rate.
1: Wow. It's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And do- you know, it just so, you know, the different animals have different uh uh it's almost like they have different jobs, you know, when they're down here. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to a funeral this next Saturday I have to down here in LA and I'll get you know hopefully have fun on this uh, let's make a deal thing but then I have to head back to Sacramento I mean back to uh, San Francisco and then over to Sacramento Saturday and for a family member you know I told you about last week that my uh, one of our family members um, in the seventh month of pregnancy she just mm-hmm. could feel that that the baby wasn't there anymore because it had been kicking and moving and all of a sudden it wasn't. And then, um, but what was interesting was is that when she went in, she waited two days until it was her birthday and says, okay, now you can take the baby out. And so she, we, they took um, her and her husband, we got a picture of them holding the seven and a half month old baby that had died, you know, so we're going to have, so they, you know, of course named her, they had a name for her. She's just as if she had been part of the family. And so um, I'm trying to think what the name was now. I get these names. It's like Sylvia or something. It starts with an S, I think. But anyway, uh, so the whole family is going to be there for support. Um, and it's just sad because she, you know, they have from in vitro because they'd been married about 20 years. For, no, 18 years, I think, and, not, and tried having kids all the time. And now that's getting almost too late. But they had in, in vitro almost made it, you know, and didn't. So, um you know, maybe they'll adopt sometime, you know, I mean, something because they, they would both make really great parents, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, um, and, and you wonder there's why There's nothing that more than
0: the grief of losing a child. Yeah. I, you know. I, I put and I don't know how many explanations I can put behind that, that label of grief when you lose a child. It's, a child. It's, yes. It, it's beyond, it's beyond comprehension in many ways. Yeah. Uh, that, um, that it's, um, yeah, there's no <laughs> words for it because there is no words for it. Uh, yeah. it. it's unspeakable and everybody handles it differently and everybody negotiates it differently. And I honor anybody who has to go through that grief of, you know, not being able to conceive a child and then you finally conceive a child and then yeah. something wasn't right. Now and- here's what
1: I thought is interesting in, in the work that I do of course, with this life between life process. Um, when we ask people um, when they get to the, get to heaven, the other side, and we'll ask one of the questions we ask sometimes is when did you enter your mother's womb? When did you enter it? And most of the time, it's usually um, when the fetus is pretty well developed. You mm-hmm. know, Sometimes they come and they go, they're kind of, like, you know, getting ready, they'll come in, then they'll go back home to heaven, then they come back and then back and mm-hmm. forth. But a lot of times, a, a lot of uh, souls don't enter the body until just before birth, or pretty close to it. So yes, it made me wonder if that if that fetus that they pulled out actually if her daughter, you know, or soul the soul had actually even entered, or if it, if if the if the physical no, but the component. soul was
0: with the soul was with the parents. The soul knew that it wasn't going to be coming in all the way. Mm -hmm. So that soul did some visiting with the parents, um, Uh, sat with them and, and gave them whispers and, and um, I see her. You mean
1: during the dream state or something or. Yeah. And I see it
0: well, well, like when they're sitting there watching TV, I feel like that she gave them hugs because she knew that she couldn't do, she couldn't be what they needed her to be. And, Mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of energy exchange in the soul um, before it came in um, sometimes when the soul knows it's not going to be in for a long time or no. that it's like the scenario, they do visit a, a little bit more as a soul family caring for another soul family.
1: Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. there's, cause we all have soul families, family souls that kind of stick more closer together than others do.
1: See, um, yeah, this is where you could, um, see my, um, they're, you know, very, very Christian. They're not into believing in what I do, you know, even though I would I would love to help them because then they could go the other side and they could have a conversation with that soul, find out why and everything and get some comfort from that. But um, if it's some later point, I'd like to, you know, maybe after six months or, or a year, if it feels comfortable, I'll mention um, that one of the things they can do if they don't want to, if they don't believe in what I do. Well, maybe they don't believe in mediums either, but, it, but <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people open up to mediums when they're going through a loss. You yeah, know, exactly. Think, well, exactly. even if it might be true, even if mediums, even is possible, I want so much to have to know what's going on. And, and I think that's why people a lot of times go to mediums because I've had some of them tell me that they've gone to mediums and they'll go, well, I didn't really believe in it or something, but there was something she told me that my dad through her told me and only he and I knew about it. And so maybe it was true. You know, they'll say they start becoming believers. Don't they?
0: Yeah. You know, When that
1: kind of thing happens. So, you know, maybe something like that, but um, they're going to try again, probably, you know, but uh, it's very expensive, but their church has actually started to go fund me thing for them uh, to try to get enough money to do um, another in vitro um and uh, to see what happens so got a good support from their church which is great you know so yeah maybe it'll happen so animals you know our our parents you know our significant others that pass away um patty and i were talking the other day because see i'm 73 she's only 65 66 actually um so you know we just casually were talking and says well one of us is going to go first <laughs> you know unless we're in a car crash together or on an airplane somewhere Mm -hmm. and we go at the same time. So, um, you know, we start talking about that. And I, um, I think, don't you think too, it's good. Well, especially when you, you know, when you, as you get older and you know, it's inevitable, it's coming to have conversations with your significant other about when you go, you know, about, um, you know, of course, get your affairs in order. So they don't have to go through hell figuring everything out, you know, have all your financial stuff in order. And then, like I told Patty, I said, "Look, if I go, um, I'm going to be on the other side rooting for you in whatever years you have left to find another companion." They said that you know, I says, uh, "You know, I'm not going to be up there being jealous or anything like that, or shooting lightning bolts at somebody if you go dating somebody." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I say, "You know, there'll be somebody else there that you can help. Like she's helped me. You know, someone else that could use your love. You know."
0: Mm-hmm. So good, exactly. good to have
1: those conversations ahead of time.
0: Oh, it is. I know for me, when my parents passed away, when I was in my late twenties, that I had that conversation with my husband, and we set up a will, we set up um, power, Good. power of attorney, or or not power attorney, but we, you know, um, we knew what we a wanted to do with ourselves. our bodies afterwards and Good. stuff like that. So. Um, so it's time to revisit that conversation because 30 years has gone by yeah. <laughs> or 20 years, 30 years. Um, and so it's time to revisit the conversation about what we would want to do and who would, we would want to be and, and that kind of stuff. And,
1: and yeah, it,
0: I, I would say because I can tell you that when someone has passed, that the, the family does not usually bode out well. Usually, when no. there's a passing in in a family, it it can destroy many families, and it's so sad how perceptions and and grief turns into um, into uh, I don't know what you would want to call it, but it's not it's not a good thing, you it's know. Not and, good,
1: yeah.
0: And people who are ill, you know, like from when my mom was ill with Lou Gehrig's disease there's some family members that, that said, I can't visit. And I said, I understand you can't visit my mom because you don't want to see her laying in bed, shriveling away. You want to remember her as, as Linda, back when she was walking around and running around and being her happy self. Right. Yeah. So some family members can't do the end. And there's some family members who can. And, and so you got to give, if you can give grace where it is, but and then people who are passing, you know, my mother of heart, you know, after my mom passed away, a woman came into my life and she was my mother of heart and Pat wonderfully started giving things away when she was alive to the people yeah. that she wanted them to have them because of the fact that, that she didn't want that, um, that pain of people fighting over her stuff. Right. Yeah. And you know, it, it it's important to, to honor, the process of emotions and not everybody does it well not yeah, every and and have it in writing so it's clear so that people know that you know hey you can't come in and steal stuff you know it's right here yeah. you know but if if the person who's uh, knowing that they're coming to an end can can say hey can you do this or you take this i want you to have this i want you to have that then even though there's Wobbles with maybe outside the family. Well, why did she give you that when I've been wanting it all the years, yeah. you know? Oh
1: yeah. I've had you that, know,
0: people you know, are five. not, re- people are so like unattached to the greater good for everyone. And it's so sad that, that there can be these qualms in family. Um, And so ugh, may love be with everyone because <laughs> it's not an easy place to be because grief does not bring out the best in us. It
1: doesn't. I know. Especially Especially when we're really in
0: it.
1: Yeah, the reading of wills can really be crazy sometimes because even though with the best intentions from parents, sometimes if one sibling gets a little more than the other, then that starts a whole mess. Oh, mom loved you more than me. And she's always, you know, it's uh, crazy, you know. Like when I have all these grandkids now, even me thinking about my musicals, like I have three guitars and a keyboard and I have a bunch of stuff. And I, I think it would make sense to look at my grandchildren and see which one would benefit from it most, you know, because I have one of them right now who's really been sticking to guitar lessons, you know, mm-hmm. and really loving that. OK, so he would make more sense than my, my other uh, grandson that uh, – you know plays volleyball but he's got no musical talent or no interest in anything like that but i at the same time part of me goes well i don't want that person to feel guilty that i give them a guitar even though they probably won't ever use it rather than to the person who probably will use it and benefit by it you know so
0: yeah but then thing is though like i have my uncle's guitars and i don't play a guitar but me seeing it uh, um you know on yeah. a stand, you know in a bedroom where it can be honored but I that's the thing that I have to be careful of. I have to really be careful of of keeping things that people, you know, I have other things that are just important for my uncle too. So, you know, I'll get to a point where that stuff doesn't really make that much difference, you know. Yeah. The memories are there. Um I'm I'm still processing that. You know, that I do I do I'm not a minimalist. <laughs> I'm not and and so but then at the same time, I also know that, you know, like when my mom was passing away, there was things that I couldn't make a decision on, right? There's just, I couldn't make a decision on. So I put it in a box and I just put a couple things in a box that I knew that I couldn't make a decision on it later. Um, and so I sealed up the box, had life happen, took about a year before I got to that box. I opened up that box and I went, oh, that why did i save this i don't know why i saved that but then there was this other thing that was like oh, thank you i'm so grateful i saved that right because that yeah. piece was something that i wasn't sure of you know but then at the same time the other things in the box they went away you know but yeah. i wouldn't have made the best decision at the time because i was so emotional
1: when i do at christmas time when i buy gifts for the four girls um, a lot of times I keep it in the same category, like I'll buy hats, you know, or winter stuff or scarves and things like that. So when I see them, uh, what I do is I do numbers from one to four, you know, and I decide to have, i put, you know, my hands out and they get a tap and they, okay, you get this number and you get that number. And then I tell them if you don't like the color and you want to switch it with your sisters, you can, cause I didn't want one of them thinking, oh, she got, you're giving the best one to her, you know, whatever. So I just let, you know, let them let them pick. And they like that in a way, you know, I said, pick, cause it'll make kind of a game out of it, you know, and <laughs> like, okay, you get this one, you get this one, you know,
0: exactly. And, or,
1: and when I buy jewelry, especially because sometimes I'll, I, I'll buy four different bracelets or necklaces or something, you know? And um, so anyway, uh,
0: it's a thing, so, but, you know, going back to grief, you know, we're, yeah. we're down to the last couple minutes here of the show. I hope that this show was really helpful in, You know, understanding a perspective that, remember, grief is not a destination. It's a journey. And it's a journey that can happen for the rest of our lives. And, you know, and it's okay if it does. And it really is you know going back to that metaphor that i had that every time we lose somebody it's like people energetically climbing in the car you know that we carry them for the journey of our road that we're going down in life and and you know what can we do with that but sometimes you even to this day i still have to sit down and watch a soppy movie and cry just yeah. let that emotion out, and then then move on, and and honor that that I do have times where like I kind of re- go, why am I so funky? The last part of June, oh my dad passed away, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, because I had my uncle passed, my dad passed away um, around the twenty fifth of June, my uncle passed away the Jul- uh, July first, and then my um. And then my mom passed away at the end of August or September. So, you know, it's like when we're going through these times that we kind of get into this layers of, of sadness and it's okay if we go there. But remembering that, that, you know, everything has an energetic timeline. And sometimes our bodies and our emotions remember things when we, our mind doesn't remember. And so don't, don't please don't punish yourself for being sad or Or that kind of thing, but remembering yeah. that you know, if you are in depression too long, like for me, um, when I was going through, especially the first year of grief, that um, that when I was going through that grief process that I would I would give myself, everybody went to bed and the house was dark, and I turned on the soppiest movie I could find, I cried forever that night and then the next morning I would go wake up and say okay grief you had your time last night I honor that we have grief moments as we're going down the road or doing that kind of thing and I'm going to say that I'm going to let you have another grief night soon but we got to process I still got to do life and and it, it, it is a day and it is a moment that we're going through and um hi guy thanks for being here um you're catching us at towards the end of the show um hi, guy. Talking about grief and you know doing the grief process you know my love is with you because it's it's not an easy dance and it is a process and it doesn't matter if you have your aunt if you have animals if you have um kids if you have grandparents if you have husband wife if you have a co-worker if you have a best friend it doesn't matter what that grief is like. oh or if you lose a job or if you can't eat that food anymore if you um if you are, um, scenario, you know, going through a scenario of, um, of a road closure that you normally go down this road, you know, whatever it, you know, endings with new beginnings, whatever it is, honor yourself through the grief. And uh, you know, guy, thank you. Um, I always come in late. Yes. So we're here <laughs> at four o'clock Pacific time. Um, and so remember, you can always watch the beginning of the show. This is recorded. So we just happen to be live at this moment. Uh, and then we, it goes on to recording because you can watch it later. So thank you for being here. You yep. know- Go ahead. Well,
1: I was going to say, I have a, I just finished up a good little story about me trying to help somebody get through grief. Um, it was back when I was dating, back when I was, it was 23 years ago. And uh, I had met somebody online. We had a date scheduled. And then she had to cancel to last minute because her uh, brother-in-law died. Um, so I already she'd already given me her address. It was about a hundred miles. I had to drive, and I knew from talking to her that she liked apples. She was from Russia, and she talked about you know growing up. That was her thing. Is this apples? And so I was in the area when she broke that off, and I thought I had just gone through grief myself. And part of the of helping me get through the grief were some of these. Uh, beautiful, this beautiful music I would listen to that would get me into the mode, and I would be able to cry and get mm-hmm. the feelings out, so um, uh, that's when I was realizing that music can help you get through the grieving process, you know, like like you said, put on a soppy film, so, you know, something that brings, helps you release all that emotion, you know, mm-hmm. so I had those CDs with me, so I thought, well, I hope she doesn't think this is weird or something because I've never met her in person, but I thought I I did a little, um, did the hue or, you know, H-U singing uh, like om or om, relaxing and saying, is this just a love thing? I don't want her to think I'm some weirdo. So I went to the store and I got like six different kinds of apples. I got a little basket, to put them in and I put some CDs. And I said, well, I'm looking forward to meeting you at whatever time's right for you. But I, I, I just went through grieving myself and this music helped me get through it. So I left it on her doorstep. And I'm just like, it was kind of a spiritual thing, you know, that I was doing mm-hmm. not so much a thing. So he, here's what let me, here's what showed me that I did the right thing. I leave her house, I, t- I turn right, and I turn left, I go about two miles, all of a sudden I'm turning the corner and there's an upholstery shop. Well, I had been thinking when I was in that town, I was gonna find a upholsterer to reupholster my steering wheel because it had gotten all yucky, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I just thought, oh, well, let me just pull in here. And uh, I went, I, I, so I pulled in, ran up to the door. It was closed, but then I noticed that the uh, the little garage was open. So I walked into there. Here's this guy working on. Says, sorry, sir, we're closed or something. And I said, oh, I was just wondering how much it costs to redo my steering wheel, you know. And uh, he says, he says, hey, I want to show you something. And I went, what? He says, follow me. And so I followed him. He took me to the end of the garage. There were stairs that went up into like an attic. And I'm thinking, is this guy a serial killer or something weird? (laughs) Nobody's around. And he just met me and he said, come here. I want to show you something. We go up there or something. And for some reason, here's this random stranger. He says it was a room, a music room. And he had a band that he had on the weekends and stuff. And he said, look, we just finished yesterday producing our first album. And I want you to have a copy. And so he walked over. He gave me a CD so i I immediately connected that yeah god was saying you give someone some cds that way i'm good we're going to show you that you did the right loving thing by randomly going into thing and some guy goes up and gives me his first cd that they just produced
0: (laughs) that is so cool
1: isn't that cool so that shows you like you know how we should support others in other words when they're going through grieving too because we all go through it so you know, yeah and the, the, we
0: there there's just no um, there's just no way to know what somebody else is feeling. and that's yeah. why sometimes I just say my love is with you, you know because yeah. it, it is a process. So um, Monica, thank you very much uh, uh, prayers for uh, Lady Gabo for the um, deep loss of the unborn child. Yes, thank oh, you. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. And then that, um,
1: that really is, yeah
0: uh, guys said no um, I've been there. Yeah yeah it, it it's it's amazing. so go ahead I've, I interrupt. Well,
1: you. I was just saying I was really I wasn't really shocked, but my, this last weekend three of my daughters and seven of the grandkids came you know came the hundred miles to have a pool party and everything there. and uh, they were all talking about um, this person who had lost the baby and we're all going to the funeral next week. But all of my daughters, including even Patty and me, it affected us somehow really more than other things about this baby. And everybody cried, you know, It was just very, it's mm-hmm. so my daughters, you know, cause they have, have the seven grandkids. So they've all been through the birth process and all that. So I can see even why they would even be, be more emotional because they know how that feels as the baby's growing and it's about to be born. And, and here's this little soul in your belly.
0: I know be
1: your child. And then to have that just pass away, you know, like, and you're just so ready, you know? So, um, anyway, I'll let you know next week how the, uh, how the funeral went. Um, so sometimes, yeah, it's 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 hard to know how to support. That's why I think what neighbors do and everything is uh, like. Um, what's nice is her church has someone that's bringing them meals every night for a month, mm-hmm. and so they don't have to worry and you know get through this. And I thought, what a beautiful church! You know, really support their
0: exactly. That, you know, coming by
1: bringing food. So sometimes you don't need to say anything. You just need to do some service or to do something for them,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and Monica says, um, life acts in mysterious ways. Yes, it does. Sure does Monica. You know, synchronicity. I am I am just in awe of the synchronicities lately. I'm just in yeah. awe of, I'm, I'm just witnessing you know, how life works out if you, if you move with it. And, and um, Guy says, amazing. So thank you guys for interacting. And, and I, we do hope this conversation with some kind of grace can come to you knowing that no matter who you are and what you're doing, that um, it's okay where you're at. It's okay where you're at. And, and, and how do you maneuver through the emotions that you're in? Because yeah. it, 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 it isn't, a straight line. Grief isn't a straight line. And, you know, like I was saying that when, you know, we start out in life, you know, kind of my kids start out in life at the car, almost full, (laughs) you know, my, cause my, um, my, my kid who was born at the same time, my dad uh, or pretty much within weeks of my dad being uh, gone, you know, his car was already full coming into this world. You know, and so seven years later, he lost pretty much all my mom's side of the family. And so with that, 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 you know, my, my oldest child, the, his car was full. So now, like he said, you know, the other day, you know, he had a friend that lost a grandparent. And that was the first time this, this friend lost anybody. And my, and my kid says, mom, I know what it feels like. Yeah. I know what it feels like. And so sometimes you know, when you're in, when you understand that grief, even if you go and stand by somebody and just send love to them, that is more support sometimes than, than anything else. It's just yep. saying, I accept you as you are. I witness you as you are. And, um, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, um, Megan, I'm it's, it's not easy on the family. It's not easy on the person. And, you and know so- we were
1: all ta- we were all talking about though how beautiful it was to have family you know i mean mm-hmm. uh, so, so many people don't have i mean we had with the with my three daughters it's, so that's 10 and then they're significant other so all together we had i think 20 people that were there but uh, we, when we did the group picture and everybody was swimming and having fun and uh I spent i think 450 bucks on food altogether for three meals you know that we had but it was well worth it you know, just to give everybody a good time. But we all were talking about, you know, there was this loss, how lucky we were to have each other. You mm-hmm. know, how lucky we did have family and that everybody cared about each other. You know, I'm so lucky to have such a loving, good family that, uh, you know, we don't have any, we don't have any, um, there, we don't have a tough one. To deal with, you know, usually it seems like in a big family there's always one that everybody doesn't get along with, but we all get along and support each other, so it's mm-hmm. good.
0: And that's where we got to count our blessings while we have them because yep. we don't know what the next moment is gonna be. And I I send gratitude wherever I can and love wherever I can because I just appreciate yep. life as it is, you know, life as it is, you know, we just don't know what tomorrow is gonna be. But yet at the same time, there's miracles happening. And yet there's some people who are choosing to say, I don't want to be here anymore on this planet. And how yep. can we negotiate that? How can yep. we ne- negotiate it by just saying, I hope love is with you all? <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'll be if here you're- next week. Yeah. So I'm so- going down
1: to, I'm I'm gonna go down to be on Let's Make a Deal. So, you know, this time next week I'll let you know if i even got pics or oh. if uh if I want a stove <laughs> <laughs> or 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 did I get zonked, you know. Maybe i win a donkey or something, but uh, (laughs) it should be fun. I could have a new car, you know, who knows?
0: You never know. You never know. So, uh, Regan, how can people get a hold of you?
1: They can hold me at visittheafterlife.com. And just briefly, uh, I have a regular hypnotherapy practice and then my spiritual practice. In regular hypnotherapy, I'm an energy psychologist, so we use EFT, Havening Touch, and EMDR, Three things that can work with fears, phobias, anxiety, grief. Uh, and I'm, I'm here to help you uh, through Zoom or even just phone calls if you don't have Zoom. Or if you're in California somehow, I, I see, I'll like I'm, I'm I'll see people, I'm down, clients down in Los Angeles, but I live in San Francisco. But I go over to Sacramento. I'm kind of a traveling therapist too. So I can help you if you need some help. If you want to do the spiritual side, I help you get in a deep state of trance through the Newton Institute Protocol. And believe it or not, you expand your awareness to the afterlife, spend a couple hours there uh, and, uh, you know, have prepared questions. So you find all about your life, you know, why you were born, what your mission is, why you chose the people in your life. uh, So many things. So um, we've done that with 70,000 people and happy to help you. And Natasha how do they get a hold
0: of you my dear you can reach me at angeliaclarifications.com through my mediumship and through my um, multi lives of intuitiveness that i really can get a grip on why things happen and have a deeper understanding people go what do you how do you know all that and i just go yeah eh, been there done this uh, several times so with that that i do this with kindness and i do this with with honor and no judgment as if I didn't do it in this lifetime, I've done it in others. So if you're going through the grief process, I have it firsthand. I haven't lost a child, but yet at the same time, I was 20 years with a woman who lost a child. And I witnessed her and held her even 20 years later crying sometimes because she lost a child. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I I can I I can put my shoes on and and understand the walk a little bit differently than than some can so with that that i do honor you and i do like um i did a group mediumship where um there was 10 women there and um seven out of the ten had lost children oh wow in that group mediumship and what an honor to be there being a voice for their children and and so with that some of them were adult children some of them were were younger children but i was grateful to be able to be there um and in, in that um, moment to, to be so, um, trust the process while you're grieving. Um, And I would love to support anything to help anybody, um, negotiate this moment of, of loss. So, yes. or even a life problems or, or emotional based, or, or I do DNA work. So it's not just grief, but today's conversation was yeah. to honor grief. And we are, Monica, for, for sending, um, um, Veronica sent, um, a little, um, uh, prayer sign and then, um,
1: and then our,
0: our, uh, heart goes out to Regan and your family. Yes. Um, thank, thank, you. thank you for that. Um, thank you for that. Um, I send my love to you with you as you go through this moment too. So glad you can have a little joy and I hope you get picked, um, at, um, yeah. at the game show and then <laughs> to be in the moment of honoring the family and supporting the family like you do. You're yeah. amazing. So, thank you everyone All for right, watching. We we're here on you um, next week. Yes. And then on Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time, I will be hopefully having a guest on, and we're going to be talking about forgiveness and new perspectives on forgiveness. Okay. So, that sounds uh, great. So, um, Guy says, My uh, love is with um, you, Regan. So, um, thank Thanks, you Guy. everyone for being here. And if you wa- didn't get a chance to watch the whole show, remember this is not. This is recorded now, so you can watch it anytime. And if you have any podcasts you like to listen to, you can go to Life Clarifications with Natasha and you can find it on most podcast pa- platforms. Yep. So please like, follow, and share if you feel the need. Blessings to all. Bye now.
1: See you next week.
0: Mm hmm. <laughs>